Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. If I listen to you, listen to me, and I just want the best for you as people. And we're talking, and we're going back and forth, and I just said this. I said, one, here's the difference between us and what I see. When I read my Bible, my one book, it comes alive in my life. It's, it's God's words off the page. It ministers to me. It speaks to me. It it's leads me. It's, it's a journey it takes me on. And, and God is so real and so present. And, and the Holy Spirit here right now with me that I wish you had. And then I come and I listen to you guys. And it seems like your faith seems like such a textbook. You yourself admit you don't even like what you're doing. So guys, here's what I want to pray with you about. I want to pray that you have a divine encounter with Jesus Christ. I want to pray you have a divine encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want to pray you have a divine encounter that you go from this faith and you understand what true faith is and the name and found in in Jesus and his work on the cross. And there they, they said, can you pray with us? Like, we, we don't understand what you're talking about. So at the moment, I prayed with these guys. I invited them to church. Truth be told, I don't know whatever came about with those individuals. I followed up with some text messages, but all I can say is this. We plant, I planted, I was able to plant a seed in their life because the Holy Spirit led me in that direction. And then it got me thinking, a sticking point in many of our lives and, and, and sticking point for me in that moment, a pivotal mile marker is this. I started thinking, how many people, even who follow Jesus, who claim that Jesus is their Lord and leader of their life, just view him as a textbook, an X, Y, and Z, a formula to be had, a book to just muscle through and read because it's quote unquote what we're supposed to do. And how many people accept, receive, and and respond and are inspired by the work of the Holy Spirit? See, church, today I want to talk to you about being, being in tune, in step with the Holy Spirit, the advantages of a Spirit led life. It's vital for you. It's not something that we just kind of skirt the issue, leap over, not address. It's something we have to hold on to in our life. If you want what only God can do in your life, if you want to live a spirit-led life, experience all that God has for you, then we need to embrace the complexities of the Holy Spirit. But this is where I want to start before I talked about the advantages. I want to start and talk about without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing. Without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing. It's not optional. It's not one of those things we just think about, comb through, skip over. It's something that we need to home, address, realize that the Holy Spirit is essential in our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. So let's talk about it this way. First, there's no salvation. We see this very clearly 
When John says this in, in chapter three, verse five, he says, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of, the water, being born of water and of the spirit. Next week, we have water baptisms in here. I fundamentally believe this. Being baptized in water, okay, is an act of obedience. I encourage everyone, be baptized if you claim Jesus as your Lord and leader. To say, I love Jesus, but I won't do the simple thing of profess my faith publicly is actually an act of disobedience. And I think sometimes we're like, I don't feel like it, don't want to get in front of people. No, no, no. I'm saying when Scripture says, hey, you're professing your faith, the Holy Spirit baptized you into Jesus. You're drawn, you're wooed, you're, you're led to Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. Some of you in here right now are like, I'm never going to go to church. I'm indifferent about church. Holy Spirit drew you here to hear this message about church. There's no salvation without the Holy Spirit. Also, we see there's no assurance without the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.16 says this, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You have questions about God? If you're saying, hey, I'm indifferent about God, I feel far from God, I'm really insecure about God, I would say you need to lean into the Holy Spirit. We also see this, without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing in regards to holiness. We can't practice the fruits of the Spirit. You can't be a kinder person. You can't be more gentle. You can't have more love or joy without the Holy Spirit. You might say, hey, I know people who are kind. No, they can't be the Christ-like kindness that's really required of us to be followers of Jesus. We're supposed to lead the way in these nine areas in Galatians chapter 5, 22. We also see this. There's no understanding of the Bible. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just a textbook. Without the Holy Spirit, you read this Bible, and within two minutes, you're like, oh, dude, I'm falling asleep. I can't even pronounce half these names. What do they even mean? The Holy Spirit illuminates that in your life, brings it alive in your life. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what that spirit means. And we turn this, this word spiritual right there. We turn it around like right now, like, hey, I know Jesus, I'm spiritual, or, or hey, I, I'm spiritual, and our, and our friends, or whatever, they, they might not believe in Jesus, but they say, I'm spiritual. No, 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 what Scripture's talking about, there are portions that you will never be able to understand in Scripture and in church service unless you have the Holy Spirit fired up, fueled up in your life. That's why sometimes you see people come in, and they're like, oh, these guys are crazy. What are they singing in here? What's this preacher preaching about? There's things they just won't understand unless they have the Holy Spirit in their life. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't understand the Bible. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't pray. I want us to understand that. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot pray. So whenever you see these sports athletes or a tragedy happen, and you're like people who are crazy anti-God or, or crazy over here, and they're like, hey, let's just pray. You're like, dude, you realize you can't really pray unless you got the Holy Spirit? Like, that's a good sentiment to say, but like, that's the fact of the matter. Ephesians says, pray in the Spirit, and we're gonna be talking about praying in the Spirit as we talk these next few weeks, at all times and in every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. 
So you can't pray without the Holy Ghost. Secondly, you can't be equipped for service like God intends for you to serve in your church, in your communities, with those around you, unless you have the Holy Spirit in your life. I stress that to people, that you are gifted, you are a 10 in some area, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you always hit your lid and your gift set. You'll always be limited in what God wants to do in your life. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us we can help, so we can help each other. It's an act of worship. God gifts you so that you can help people horizontally and laterally in your life. I want us to capture that. God doesn't gift you so that you can hold the gift in your pocket and feel really good about yourself and say, whoa, look at me. God gifts you for all the people in this room and for all the people outside of this room. And then you also can't be a powerful witness. And I would even go and say, you can't really witness at all without the Holy Spirit not to the full capacity. Acts chapter one, verse eight, favorite book of the Bible for me is the book of Acts because you see the first century church explode and says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And we'll talk a little bit later about that. But there's this way we witness that someone sees you believes that you're different and says, I want what you have. You know what that is? It's the fulfillment, empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. So you need the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we're nothing. And we're gonna lean into the complexities these next three weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're gonna be talking about a baptized life. Following week after that, we're gonna be talking about being filled, refilled with the Holy Spirit. And the greatest thing that I can encourage you, if you claim to love Jesus, claim to make him the Lord leader of your life, is you say, Holy Spirit, come into my life today and the days to come. Fill me, refill me, use me, move me, guide me. So let's talk about the advantages. So where I'm gonna spend the rest of our time is this. With the Holy Spirit, we have advantages. You are, an at, you are at an advantage when the Holy Spirit is present and real in your life. First advantage is this. The Holy Spirit permanently enters us. What I mean by that, let me be clear about this. Whenever you're living in step with Jesus, claiming that Jesus is the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit is with you. Many people at times get confused. Hey, I made a mistake or I backslid or, or I lost my salvation or whatever the case might be. No, when you're saying, hey, Jesus is the Lord and leader, then the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I'm still there. I'm still residing. I'm present in your life. I, I care for you. I love you. Holy Spirit is with you every step of the way. Permanently, is with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says this, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. Now, a lot of people will instantly think that there's this deterrent of if you sin, if you make a mistake, there's no coming back from it, or if you sin, then, then the Holy Spirit left you. The Holy Spirit doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I'm with you in the good, I'm with you in the bad. As long as you're claiming to love Jesus, pursue Jesus, make him the Lord and leader of your life, then you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us every step of the way. You don't have to continue to plead and ask, like, hey, Holy Spirit, are you here or not? Are you like, where are you at, Holy Spirit? John 14, 17 says this, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. 
but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. When Jesus is present with his disciples, Holy Spirit is with him. But when Jesus goes to the cross on the day of, 50 days after the day of Easter and day of Pentecost, we see that Jesus sins to heaven and he brings forth an advocate, someone to accompany and be with the first century church, known as the Holy Spirit. Jesus even talks about how the Holy Spirit is actually better for the disciples. The Holy Spirit launches and ministers and moves. It gives the disciples this ability to say, I'm going to be comfortable every step I take. I'm going to be comfortable going into the unknown. I'm going to be comfortable giving up my life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is with them every step of the way. So the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So that also makes us ask the question and and come to this understanding that uh, you know, every decision you make, everything you, you try, every, every place you go, you got to ask yourself, hey, do I really want to bring God into that place, that situation, that relationship? Because that's what the Holy Spirit is. Holy Spirit's God in you. So that means when you're thinking about engaging in that activity, should I with God in my life? When I'm thinking about asking that question, should I with God in my life? Should I be living this way in that relationship? Should I with God in my life? Growing up, there's this verse. Maybe, you know, if you grew up in church, you understand this verse right here. It's like one of my favorite verses. It scared me from ever getting a tattoo. And now I think it's one of the funniest things because I would come from the Bible Belt and people, the pastor would be up there and be like, oh, and if you get a tattoo, and then you'd always throw this verse up at me. And I'd be like, oh, I'm never going to get a tattoo. 1 Corinthians 8, 19. Now the people, I just want to put on record, now the people who are closest to me all have a tat. And so I'm like, whoop, okay, there we go. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. In my mind, every time I heard this verse speak or spoken about when it it came to a preacher, all they told me was it's about a tattoo. No, it's not about a tattoo. What it's about is that God is with you always when you believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit resides in you. So the question you've got to ask yourself, and what I'm engaging in, do I want to take God along for that journey with me? And when you start thinking about that, your mind begins to think a lot differently. You start acting a lot differently. When you're saying, hey, I'm going, nope, I don't want to do that. God's with me, man. Like, it's like, you know, imagine some of the things you engage in. Would you ever take, you know, a, a close friend, relative, mom, or do anything like that? No, you wouldn't. So sometimes we engage in activities, live in activities, and we forget that the majestic, great, glorified God is with us every step of the way, church. You understand what I'm saying? And we start thinking the Holy Spirit is indwelling in me. Whew, perspective changes. Second advantage we get is this. The Holy Spirit powerfully equips us. Holy Spirit powerfully equips us. We're going to be talking about this next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about baptisms, a baptized life. First, you're baptized of the Holy Spirit into Jesus. Then you're baptized by water. And I do believe in a baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, this is big for us because a lot of us have a different working and understanding of what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that next week. So if you're like, whoa, I've heard these things. I come from this church background. I'm getting scared. What church am I in? We'll explain that. And my goal for that is that you understand clearly what it means to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I want to come back to this verse. It says this, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When we look at the original language, power, it is this, uh, this dynamic, explosive power. Understand, huge. It's more than limited to ourselves. And you will be my witnesses, this word martus. So Jesus is saying, hey, disciples, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to be a witness to the point of giving up your life, the point of going to a cross, the point of being a martyr. If you don't know what a martyr is, someone who gives up their faith, for the, uh, dies for Jesus, on behalf of Jesus, and telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what I want us to capture, the Holy Spirit pushes us past our own limitations and thoughts and lids. Many times what I see happen in people's lives and, and in their faith journey, if they can't tangibilize it, execute it, come up with their why, then they don't want to engage in it. The Holy Spirit moves throughout the first century church and takes a band of, of broken dudes, uh, mis uh, cheaters, uh, a band of misfits, uh, some goofy individuals, and he takes them and he spreads the gospel all through the world. Can you imagine those guys? They would have never thought they would be able to do that. Like, hey, you can stake me the cross. Peter, okay, I love this part of Peter when we say, Peter, before the Holy Spirit comes, Peter was a follower of Jesus. Peter got baptized, okay? But then Jesus is going to the cross the night of, uh, of Jesus being arrested, and this little girl comes up to him. And he's like, hey, you know Jesus. Peter's like, no, I don't. Less than 50 days later, what happens? Peter goes and he speaks a prolific message. Holy Spirit descended on the church, upper room experience, Peter goes, less than 50 days, two and a half months. He goes from denying a little girl that he even knew Jesus to speaking a powerful message where thousands were saved. Why? Holy Spirit is in life. So I struggle at moments when people are like, oh, you don't really need the Holy Spirit. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. No, you need an empowered, filled life with the Holy Spirit, church. And we want that for you. I don't want you just to be someone going through the motions. I want you to bust the lid open and say, God, I want to do what you want to do in my life. And we see this. The Holy Spirit personally encourages us. The Holy Spirit personally encourages us. Uh, Miles McPherson, I love this story I came across. Um, in, in, uh, let me just pause. You need encouragement in life because the world's going to beat you up if you follow Jesus. The world ain't going to like you you're not gonna, you have a different set of standards, you have different beliefs, culturally you will not agree. It's okay. But on the same side, 
When you get beat up quite a bit, maybe in your workplace or you're listening on TV or they're condemning the next person or whatever the case might be, you need some encouragement in life. We see this word encouragement and comforter come almost synonymous in scripture. And those are the names that the Holy Spirit is given, that Jesus is given the Holy Spirit. And we see these throughout the original language that the Holy Spirit encourages, comforts us, wraps his arms around us. says, I'm with you to encourage you. Miles McPherson, he's lead pastor of The Rock Church out in San Diego, California, and a phenomenal communicator, very evangelistic. I mean, like played four years of the NFL, and he gives this, uh, and the story comes about, and if you ever heard Miles McPherson preach, he's like, dude, he, like, he literally scared the hell out of people. And I'm like, oh boy, he brings it. I mean, he's animated, he's fired up, and he's speaking at this chapel for this college football team on a Friday night. And he says, and he goes, hey, if you don't know Jesus, then you're going to hell. So who wants to go to heaven? And like half, the, most of the team raise their hand like, we want to go to heaven, right? Simple question for a bunch of young guys. So they raised their hand and, and, and like the, the, the service went great, extended time, prayer time. People are, are meeting Jesus in a real way. The team goes out to play Saturday. They lose by one point. Coaches were frustrated, mad, irritated. They're like, we're never having a chapel service on a Friday night. So what they did, they scheduled practices on Sunday morning so they would inhibit the team from going to church. So I want us to understand this church, to capture this, that whenever God is moving in your life, heaven or hell, the devil, his dominions, all those people, the world, culture, will do everything they can to stop you from advancing in the kingdom of the Lord. God wants you to live a powerful life, a fueled up life, Holy Spirit-led life. You know, nothing's more dangerous than someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit and has the power and courage and comfort of the Holy Spirit in their life because they're going to go make a drastic difference. And you can tell if you're one of those people, the Holy Spirit's going to put their sight or the devil's going to put his sights on you and say, hey, I'm going for you. That's why we come back. Holy Spirit's our encourager. I want to skip down to Romans as our time wraps up. Romans, Paul puts it this way. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. That word trust, underline that, circle that. Our walk with the Lord is contingent on trust. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So church, we're going to end this morning in a song. And uh, I'm going to invite my prayer team forward. If we'll just line up over here to my left, your right. And if you want to explore the Holy Spirit in your life, the presence of God's Spirit in your life, and you're saying, I'm confused about the Holy Spirit, we want to pray, we want to help you we want to lean into this moment with you and right now I challenge you too maybe you're in here right now and you're like I don't even know who God is we believe that God the Father gave his one and only son died on the cross for each and every one of us he atoned on the cross for our sins he went to heaven defeating the grave conquering sin and then he gave us the Holy Spirit 
of what we've talked about, the, the third person of the Godhead. So as we lead into this next song, I'm gonna ask you if you'll stand with me and let's just call on heaven. Let's just praise the Lord. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to empower us, to encourage us, to indwell in us, to lead us, church. Let's call on God right now. Let's lift him up, church. Let's sing, let's worship, let's praise this morning. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.